Just another brother off the boat. You ain't for the family, guess it shows. All these friends are low key like my foes. No, I don't wanna talk, I want the smoke. Hey, hey, just another brother off the boat. You ain't for the family, guess it shows. All these friends are low key like my foes. What up, everybody? What's up? Welcome to our second episode of 2020 for the Preachers Hour podcast. Happy New Year! Happy New Year to everybody. Woo! Um, this is our first episode recorded on our new equipment. Shout In out, 2020. Shout out to my dad. Um, hey. He hooked us up for hook me up for Christmas. Hooked me and Brandon up for Christmas. Um, so let us know how we sound. Yeah, please give us some feedback. It's been kind of crazy trying to figure this out, but. It definitely sounds dope to us. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully it it's sounds... It's weird because people don't really understand the like what goes into creating yeah, a man. good podcast. Good Lord. You know? I know we didn't understand. Nah. We you didn't just talk? We started with the, with the lapel mics. Oh my gosh, man. <laughs> Growing <laughs> pains, bro. We have been through it, man. It's, yeah. it, 2019 was great. You know, starting the podcast, going through the growing pains yeah. and stuff like that. We've come a long way. We've come short. a very long way. This is our fifteenth episode. That's still crazy. We haven't taken a single week off, so it's been fifteen straight weeks. Um, Talking about consistency. Yeah, being able to be consistent, find time to record and edit and stuff like that. Um, we really do. We're really excited because this is I just am. the beginning. Um, you know, we're gonna get some more equipment yeah. pretty soon. So the next episode gonna be even better. Yes. Um, and then we're going to be able to have guests, and they're going to sound great. Everything's going to sound better. We want to make sure that this podcast is done in excellence because we're doing it for God. True. Um, it's not for us. It's We enjoy it, but it's not for us. It's yeah. for the listeners. It's for God. It's for the kingdom. So we're just trying to make sure it's it's the best quality it can possibly be. And in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. So let me go ahead and introduce my brother, <laughs> my ace boon coon. My partner in crime. Uh, this this man has conquered the world of history, has conquered the world of biblical knowledge, and is continually conquered. 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 Oh my conquered. god! Uh, there's no one who surpasses his wisdom and knowledge this when it comes to completely blasphemy. <laughs> that is not true at all, folks. Uh, uh, the wonderful, the great, the brilliant. Jeffrey Aaron Copeland, man, full government name, all, all of it, all of it. Uh, it's probably one of the blackest guy. name I've ever. Heard. It's one of the whitest <laughs> names I've ever heard. I love my parents, love my name. Thank you guys. But uh, I'm with my brother. Um, probably the most talented, one of the most talented people I know. Oh, shucks, has a ridiculous amount of talent in his. But he got more talent in his pinky than I got in my whole body. <laughs> Um, he can pretty much do anything except be on time. You know that's uh, the Lord just he had he had to he had to give some. You got to have some kind of thorn checks in and the balances, flesh. Man. Some <laughs> kind of thorn in the flesh to keep you humble. But uh, my uh, brother Brandon Lee Jackson, yeah, yeah. That's let's the name. get it. That's you know what I'm name. saying? So uh, we have a really good <clears throat> episode for you guys lined up. We do. Up. Um, this is based on the conversation we started last night at Bible Talk. Please, I know I plugged it last time. Please, if you can. Thursdays, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Army of Victory uh, garage. If you don't know where that is, 
go on Instagram or go on the internet. Google yep. Army of Victory. You will be able to find information on where we located the address. Maps. Google Maps will help you. Yeah. Don't use Apple Maps because it's trash. No, Apple Maps will be help you too. Don't. Be on the other side of the street. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but we started this conversation last night talking about giving. Yeah. Um, Throw a whole bunch of other stuff, but just giving was a huge topic last night, and just kind of, you know, where we've gone wrong as the church, True. and when it comes to our mindset on giving and just our practice on giving. So uh, we're just gonna get into it right off the bat. Let's get it. Um, why is a culture of giving missing in the church? Man, why is a culture of giving missing in the church? Uh. It's a lot of reasons, really, mm-hmm. uh, why it's missing. One I can uh, just tell you off the top of my head is just the fact that um, Americans aren't really good at giving. Mm. They just uh, we we are a stingy nation. Uh, we are a we have a capitalist society, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's all about like what you can do, what you can achieve, and if you have to step on someone's back to get it, you know they better be strong enough to hold mm-hmm. you up. Uh, so, <laughs> so if you uh, if you view it from just American culture society, uh, it has it has a lot to do with our culture just being selfish and and stingy, and everybody trying to be at the top um, mm-hmm. is one thing that like kind of just like kills giving in a, as a whole. And then uh, secondly, like or getting deeper into like just church, um, I believe the reason that giving is missing in church is because we. We are one-dimensional when it comes to giving. Mm. We are thinking solely on, like, giving through cash or money. Mm -hmm. We have no idea that there's other forms of giving. Um, Therefore, when people give their money, that's pretty much all they're going to give. Nothing else is included. Where I feel is uh, whole life giving needs to be a a part of church so that people can know not everybody needs money. Some people need time. Some people need um, energy. Some people, like... Some people just need their backyards raked. They just can't mm. do it. Some people need their mo- the lawns mowed. Um, some people just need help cleaning the house. Some people need help with babysitting. So those are things that, like, I guess money could help with, but they don't actually solve the problem. Man, that's deep. I, I 100% agree with that. I would say that we have a results-oriented culture. Mm. This is an American thing. Like, we want to achieve like I want to be able, not just achieve. I want to be able to show you what I've achieved. Yeah. In fact, I don't even have any value unless I've achieved something, something. right? So, so I need sad. to be able to like acquire all this stuff or wealth or, or possessions or whatever the case may be, degrees, anything I can get, I can earn, mm-hmm. and then show you. And you need to be doing the same thing. So yeah. if I give you something, I'm helping you. Like I'm an, I'm an, I'm enabling you almost. I'm basically like making you able to do better than me mm. and i'm competing against you i need to be achieving more than you Ooh. and acquiring more than you so i can't help you because then you're gonna be better than me <laughs> and that's gotten into the church not as blatantly but it's like i, mean, I in some churches it is blatant yeah i know like we people like competing on how yeah good their cars like, are. i need to be able to acquire things and then that in the church acquiring stuff is uh. evidence of being blessed it's evidence uh, that that I'm I must have been a good Christian. Mm-hmm. God must love me because I've He's blessed me with all this money and wealth and stuff and possessions. That's the wrong God blessing you. Yeah, <laughs> not all the time, but uh, <laughs> you really have to. When you think of like blessings as only monetary or blessings only being materialistic mm-hmm. things, um, that's you know 
it's sometimes it's God, but it's not always God. Right. Uh, sometimes like being blessed means you you're able to endure suffering and still be peaceful about it. Mm-hmm. You're still able to have joy. Like when Paul went to jail, um, you know, he was he was given a peace that passes all understanding. Mm-hmm. But he was in prison, yeah. like telling the people to, to rejoice. That doesn't make any yeah. sense. But it's what he did and what he was given. Yeah. yeah writing, <clears throat> you know, Philippians in prison saying to rejoice is, doesn't make sense to us. No, not at all. But not I think. To this day. Yeah, and then, and then like adding to like okay, why there's no culture of giving? Like you said, you said you know we're so focused on the only way you give is through money, money. right? And what it does, like people, this goes to why we even go to church hmm. because people go to church to it's for themselves. We go for ourselves. We go selfishly. We are mm-hmm. not going like we're supposed to be going. Which this was the verse of the day today. <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, Hebrews 10 24-25 says and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near so we're supposed to be going to stir up one another to love and good works Yeah, right. you're supposed to go and meet and you're supposed to be encouraging one another the reason why we should be going to church is not for, for us. It's not for it us. Should, it should really only be for the people that are there and for God. And the crazy thing is, if if we are, if we, if the church had this mindset, what would happen would would be you would go to serve others, others would go to serve you, like or to stir others, and others mm-hmm. would come to stir you. Therefore, no one is lacking. Mm-hmm. Like no one, like the the the, the competition ends because yeah. we are all seeking the well-being of others. And if everybody is doing that, then obviously your well-being will be sought after too. The only thing I'm trying to compete with is how to outserve you. Which is what, that's how in the to Bible too. Yeah, it's in the Bible too to outdo each other in mm-hmm. love. And it's like, fam, are we are we even? I don't even know if we're even ready to do mm-hmm. things like this. Like to out. I mean, even if we look at it in marriage, like sometimes I'm in a mood to out to outdo my wife in loving her. Mm-hmm. Like I want to love her more than she loves me. And sometimes it, it, it starts off that way, but mm-hmm. then when I don't receive it back, I then quit. Mm-hmm. This is what happens, and it happens in marriage all the time. Yeah. But because of like the, the covenant and the commitment we have to each other, we stay together. But in church, it's different. Like it's it's not as strong. People not aren't as like all. connected. Like well, I'll bounce if I don't get if my needs if aren't being met. If you didn't if play the tr- songs I liked, if you didn't, the sermon didn't do anything for me. If they didn't if, have the Columbia Blend coffee ready, like if my parking spot wasn't there, if my seat was taken. You know, if the child care wasn't on point, if Ooh. all these different amenities are because we we somehow call it service, we call it church. I'm going to church service. You going to service today? But in, we go to be served, like which is freaking kings and it's and, like when you come. I would, I can't even imagine what that would look like, like in the early church, if someone came into, uh, like in the Church of Acts, someone mm-hmm. came into one of the houses and was like, "Hey, like, what y'all gonna do for me?" Mm-hmm. Like, hey, can y'all do all this? Like, can can someone like give me a seat? Somebody give me this? Like, I think they would do it out of love. But like, if they saw your heart was to please yourself, mm-hmm. I think you would have a rude awakening. Yeah, you'd be lonely in the middle of in the middle mm-hmm. of service. Service, quote unquote, <laughs> quote yeah. unquote, service. And so, getting to <clears throat> giving, we want to. I want to bring up the dreaded word of tithing, uh, right? The tithe. So, we have reduced tithing to just giving 10% of our income and what it's done is it's kind of taken us off the hook 
Yeah. Right. So now we're like, okay, when I get my check in the beginning of the month, I give my 10% of my money to Soon the church. As I get paid. And now I'm, I've done something. I've achieved. Mm-hmm. I've, I've gotten a result. Look I've how been, good I've, I was. I've accomplished. God, I've accomplished. I don't need to give anymore until next month. I'm good. I've given. I don't need to give anybody anything. And I, like, I gave everything. I gave all that I was required mm-hmm. of me. <laughs> yeah. It was an obligation. I'm giving out of obligation. And then I feel like I've, I've accomplished something. I know my old church used to send us uh, like a, a letter at the end of the year about how much money you gave. So it showed you, you mm. this year you gave, you know, 15000 or whatever. And you'd be like, look at this. is I get to show what I've accomplished. Look how good of a Christian I was. Missed it. And it's like, listen, people. That's actually, that's a really bad idea. It, <laughs> like, I can get, like, the tax purposes because, like, many churches yeah, do Yeah, tax this. purposes was part of it. And then part of it is just, like, thank you. It's just say, thank you. Okay, cool. That's great. But it. Like, how much pride would you get, like, by seeing I know I you- got pride. <laughs> I felt really prideful. Like, look at, look how, look how much I did for God. Like, I gave all this money. And it's. Not to say your money wasn't necessary or needed uh, for whatever it went to, but it's like that's that's the left hand showing the right hand what it's doing. Like, and then you'd be like, "Look, I've done all of this, so like, I am now like I need to be praised. I need to be honored. Like, fam, I gave fifteen thousand. I gave twenty thousand. I'm sure someone in that church has given, or in many churches have given a a large amount of money. But like, how much of their time have they give? Have they given?" How much of their resources have they given aside for money? How much, how much of anything have they given aside for money? Sometimes money is the easy thing to part with, but mm. things that are hard to part with are time. Like, will you give up ten percent of your day, twenty-four minutes of your day, devoted to the church? Will you do it? Mm. I don't. I don't think many people would do it. Like, it doesn't seem like a long time, but it's like I got to go out of my way to give the church twenty-four minutes of every day. And if I miss a day, just text on to the other one. Now I gotta mm. do, I gotta do forty-four minutes. Wow. Uh, devote, and this is this is not an obligation. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying I gotta do this out of obligation for my. If we're going from a whole life perspective, whole life giving perspective, it's I have to give in every area or in any area of my life ten percent. And though which we talked about last night about the law not being specific, like though there was like there were things that you needed to do that. Uh, like if you did something wrong, there was a punishment for it. But many times, uh, as you told us last night, some of the most of the time, the, or I think every time, none of the times, it actually happened the way the law said it was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. So if an ox broke down someone's fence, you needed to pay fifteen, let's say fifteen dollars, and then like rebuild the fence. Sometimes it was like, no, just pay five dollars and then repay the section, so or just repaint the fence or do whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was always the spirit behind it was something. Something a happened. Wrong has been done. A wrong has you been done, right. and make it right. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to giving, it's not just about the obligation of giving ten percent. It's the heart behind it, which I think God is trying to get us to understand yeah. that giving is a is a mindset. Giving is a it's something that needs to be done from the heart. And when you do it from the heart, then you can be a cheerful giver. I think. So first of all, <clears throat> where does the tithe come from? The first person it, in the Bible to tithe was Abraham. He. He just defeated Sodom. I think he was got still his, Abram at the time. Too. Yeah, he was still Abram. And he gets his nephew Lot back. He rescues him. And then the, the king of Salem, which is a precursor for Jerusalem, um, his name was Melchizedek. And he said, I'm a priest of the Most High. Now, people, he has, He's a very mysterious character. Some people even say that was actually Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but Melchizedek comes and then Abram gives him a tenth 
of all his possessions. Mm. Okay, mm. that's before the law. Okay, and then that's before Moses even introduced the law. And then before that, you have Jacob coming, and he gives a tenth of his stuff. Uh, I forget what the context was, but here's the, here, my point: is it's not a law number one to give ten percent. That's yeah. not in the Bible. Um, not that we found. And here's my a bigger point. Okay. A hundred percent of everything that you have was given to you by God. Man. I mean, you did not do anything. Mm-mm. Hate to break it to you. You didn't you didn't do anything. Not on your own. No, strength. I went to school, I got my degree, and then I was able to get this job. No. You literally God woke you up, gave you the ability Start to there. get out of bed Start and move. There. And go to school and learn and retain information. Ooh, and then he, he created a company that had the job available that yeah. fit your degree that you he helped you get. And then he was able to work things out where you got the job and he gave you the strength and the ability. In him, we live and move and have our being. You did not do anything. Yeah. You might think, well, it's my time. It's not, not yours. Your he numbered your days. He gave you. He's giving you a life right now. He, yep. It's his time that he's giving you. And you can take it back any second. So let's. <laughs> we don't own anything. It's all his. All of it. Okay? So why am I only going to give him a tenth? Mm. And then why am I only going to give him 10% of just my money? Mm-hmm. When in the Bible days, it wasn't about money, it was about resources. Yeah. Like people would come and give food, crops, wheat, you know, sheep, mm-hmm. wool, ox, wood. You know their jewelry, um, whatever they possessed, any type of resource they had, they would give, and then we gotta get to this, this idea of the storehouse. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, God does not need our money, stuff. He doesn't um, even need our stuff. So in the need us. Yeah. In the old days, I mean, in the Bible, when people would come and give to the to the temple, they'd give their offering. So. <clears throat> Part of it did actually go to God. They had the burnt, the burnt offering. offering. Um, we'd burn up the meat. Mm-hmm. You had the drink offering. Okay, there was an atonement that the priest was responsible for doing. Yeah, but a lot of it went to the storehouse. Yes, and that was supposed to be used for people in the community who had needs that needed to be met. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're supposed to be like, when was the last time the church actually took the tithe, the ten percent uh, of people's income, and like? took it and gave it it to people who needed it dude instead it goes to our building funds Mm -hmm. and our paying our staff salaries and the maintenance of the building we have these giant campuses and buildings and stuff like that it's like a it's still a depiction of israel when they were just rebelling against god Mm -hmm. because it's at the end of the day god was trying to get people to give so that no one would have a need Mm -hmm. which is found in the book of acts which Mm -hmm. we'll we'll talk about today um but it's it's so that no one would have a need if if the priests are taking everything, if the people are taking everything from the people and never giving anything back to the people, you now became you become a hoarder of like the blessings of God, mm-hmm. which he called you to be a distributor of. Yeah. Like he gave you. OK, cool. Like which is the thing with the leave. I think it was I, I got to check this out to see if this is true or not. But like the the Levites were supposed to take the 10 percent from the people. And then they were supposed to live off of 10%. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the rest is supposed to go into the storehouse for the people. Yeah, because the Levites were not allotted a portion of land. Mm-hmm. Their job was to be totally sustained by God, really, and yeah. people's giving to God. That way they weren't slaves to the people. They could actually preach and teach 
what the God truth, says, what yeah. God said to say, instead mm-hmm. of like having to appeal to like, oh, well, you're paying my salary, so I got to make sure I take stuff that you like. Yeah. Right. But no, I'm living off of whatever food or whatever resources you bring to the storehouse. I get a little bit of it. God gets His, and then like the rest is used to help the community, whoever has a need. And yeah, I think this is a. Yeah. Uh, I think it is. Uh, Malachi chapter three. Hmm which talks about uh, actually in chapter two it talks about like why the levites um are are living off the off the tide mm-hmm. it says that so that you can say the truth that i give to you that you don't have to lie or like uh, mm-hmm. belittle what i say or water down what i say you can speak the truth because you are not obligated to the people mm-hmm. you're not you're not tied down like they can't say oh you said this we're no longer going to feed you like this mm-hmm. you have what you need because mm-hmm. god has provided for you but then in chapter three, we find out that the, or uh, also in chapter two, we find out that the priests are not using the tide correctly. They they are stealing it. They are doing things that are not um, that are not okay. And I know this is supposed to be like, like later in the podcast, no, but I think it's a good time to segue into this. Um, a lot of things with the tide, it just comes down to uh, people are like always worried about how it's used and. Um, most people are being told by their pastors that um, that they are like robbing God. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a scripture in Malachi chapter three um, that says, I think chapter three verse eight, and it says, "Will a man rob God?" Which is a lot of a lot a lot of pastors and preachers use um, in the moments of giving. And it says, "Will a man rob God?" And then uh, this is verse eight. Yet you are robbing me, but you say, "How have we robbed you?" In your tithe and contribution, you are cursed with the curse, for for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there might be food in my house. This is God speaking to the priest. So if you go mm-hmm. back to chapter two, the very first the very first verse is, and now priest, O oh priest, this command is for you. Mm-hmm pastors are doing this for centuries mm-hmm. telling people that this scripture is for the congregation mm-hmm. this scripture is not to the congregation this scripture is to the priest yeah. like god is challenging them god is commanding them and telling them hey listen you are stealing from me mm-hmm. you priests are stealing from me yeah and because you're stealing from me but we've what we've been just researching um here today is that you're stealing from me and you're because of your actions so is the whole country the whole nation the mm-hmm. whole nation is following suit after you so if 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 churches aren't doing well i'm not saying this is always the case mm-hmm. but if churches aren't doing well it's like is this is the pastor the shepherd the priest of that church is he stewarding the money well mm-hmm. or is he using it for things that are that are not essential to the growth of the church that are not essential to the growth not when i say the church not the building the people Mm -hmm. a lot of things that we do in church today are focused on building buildings Mm -hmm. structures things that house people and yes i do believe that facilities facilitate ministry i'm not saying that they don't Mm -hmm. but at the same time we shouldn't be focused on building the facilities here's the problem we have a debt culture in america you, like debt is not just okay, okay or accepted. Fam. You're supposed to go into debt. That's what a it's credit a score thing. is all about. How like well you, you are at paying. You back. need to like be have a mortgage. You need to be paying. You need to be owing some organization money. 
And the church is no different. The church is literally like, we need to have a mortgage. We need to be paying a mortgage. We need to be in debt as a organization, as a building. We're in debt. So everything that we do is geared towards taking care of this debt that we got ourselves into. Into. So now it's like, you guys need to be giving. I need to say things that will get you to give so we can, all of our resources are going to this debt instead Mm -hmm. of helping the actual church, the actual temple, which is the people People. themselves. And it's a perverted way of, like, it's a perverted way to collect the tie. Mm -hmm. That's what's scary to me. Because I can't be a cheerful giver if I'm obligated to give. Mm -hmm. And I also can't be a cheerful giver if I give you this 10% and my lights get shut off. Mm. Because no one is like, because the church doesn't have a spirit of giving, so I'm going to give this 10% knowing I'm never going to get it back. Mm -hmm. Knowing that I'm never going to be a part, a recipient of what I'm giving. Well, well, here's how we justify it in our mind. So number one, we think we're being served at church and we basically, the tithe is basically our tip. Mm. Right? So I just, I paid you my, I paid you a tip for good service. I want good service. The church is a waste. We we view it as like, you're supposed to give me good service. Mm. And then the problem is, like, the church has put itself in a position whether even if they want to give, we can't because all of our resources yeah. has to go to like paying bills, bills. And then whatever we have left over, we might be able to help you. Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. And if and you got to be a member. Yes, you have to be a member. You have to be a giving we member. Don't give to foreigners. Yeah, you better be a giving member. And then we got to go to our committee that's in charge of like outreach or helping Sheesh. people or whatever. And they'll meet and debate and deliberate and see what we have in the budget. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, we can't help you. Go down the street or go talk to this organization and go do this and go do that. Go down the social Meanwhile, all you need is like some diapers or yeah. like some formula or like some food or some new shoes or coats for your kids because it's cold. We have to get out of the, we have to bring ourselves out of the mindset. I truly believe once the church brings herself out of the mindset that, that money is the only way to give to God, hmm. once we get out that mindset, we can be much more of a help to the to people, mm-hmm. not to buildings. Like People need things like uh, uh, we talked about earlier. Like something just can't be paid for. It can't be mm-hmm. used with money. Some people need uh, not that it can't be, but it's better served if a person does it out of their time. If you're mm-hmm. if you're giving ten percent of your time, or if you're giving your time for any reason, say someone needs a babysitter. Like okay, I can't afford a babysitter, but like my wife and I haven't had a date mm-hmm. in years. This would be great. Cool. Like we have people in the church who are willing to give time. Let me contact these people who's who's tithe is time mm-hmm. and they're like they're gonna give that to the church and then they come they babysit and then you never know relationship can be built through that some some lady uh some older lady in your church needs needs a friend needs someone to talk to because mm-hmm. her husband died and she's lonely like Widows. She just, she, you know what i'm saying that there's kids in group homes who don't have people that the they can orphans. talk to i'm there's way more than just money to give yeah and we've lost that as a church yeah we we literally like i said earlier it, it's an excuse so it's like, I feel good about myself that I gave. I don't mm. need to give anything else. Meanwhile, like people's needs are not getting met. And then what we have is like this separation. Yeah. We are supposed to be a family. Yeah. Come on, man. Like the familial language is used so much, especially in the New Testament. But we do not want to live that out. No. Because I want to be, we're very individualistic in America. We don't want nobody in our business. I don't want you in my quote unquote business. I don't want to be in your business. I don't want to have to like actually care about you enough to have to help you. Mm -hmm. Right? Like the fact that we know each other so well, if you need something and I try to ignore it, like something's, 
I'm gonna feel terrible, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna feel guilty, and, and I'm gonna feel, feel like, like we. I'm gonna feel like Adam and Eve in the garden. Like, mm-hmm. what the? Why is why is my dude like not? Why not? Oh, here? now you didn't get my text. Now you <laughs> okay? Like, out of nowhere, like we, we were super we, close, and all of a sudden now we're split. We try to make sure we keep people at a distance. Like, I'll say hi to you in church when the pastor designates supposed to greet each other. Mm. Okay, this is the only time all week I'm gonna see you is on Sunday because like I don't want to have to actually be in your life and you be mm-hmm. in my life number one you're going to see my flaws and my and my issues but number two i might see that you have a need and i'm gonna to have to fill it yeah right and then what, what is the word sedekah sedekah righteousness Ooh, Oof. like working out working out the righteousness of god Man. like when you see a wrong when you see an injustice when you see someone in need and you have the ability to fix it this is a culture of giving and I, the reason it's like stifled, the reason that it's like stunted, the reason that it's like non-existent is because it's become all about just money. Mm-hmm. And that to me, that's just sad. This is there is so much there's so much need and hurt in the church. And God wants us to become a family. Like you said, mm-hmm. he wants us to become a family. And in a family, everybody knows people's business. But I think in a family, the difference between being in a real family and being in a church that pretends to be family is that in a real family, I can see your struggle. You can see my struggle. And if I can help you, I'm going to, even mm-hmm. if it's just a little bit. I remember mm-hmm. Uncle Rod used to help me and Jessica out with like, he's like, I don't have a lot, but I got $10. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot, but I got hot dogs in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's just the little bit that he would do, this showed me that family is deeper than, uh, it's deeper than just like wanting to give something, wanting to give money. But it's like, I'm going to do everything I can. Even if I can't help you at all, I'm going to find someone. Whatever I have. Is yours. I'm going to give. Because it's not mine. And the biggest thing is, God gave us everything. Fam. He gave us, he didn't just give us 10%. Nah. He gave us everything he had. If you only gave 10% Imagine. of Jesus. Imagine. Jesus is like, look, I dying for you is a little too costly. I'm going to pray for you, though. Because, <laughs> look, bro. So my my wife's I'm dad, my wife's dad was a type that he would pay bills before he bought food. Mm. Like bills were number one priority. So like he yeah. paid all the bills. They had no money for food. They had no food in the house. They go to church. He's telling the other men at church, hey, yeah, we don't have any food at home, blah blah blah. And they're like, hey, bro, we'll we'll pray for you. Like number one, we say that a lot. Most of the time we don't even actually pray. But here's our problem when it comes to like people having needs we feel like okay god's gonna do a miracle and only he's gonna be involved in the miracle like mm. like yeah it's just gonna miracle like the money just gonna appear in your bank account <laughs> or like a, a plate of food just gonna show up on your doorstep. doorstep meanwhile like we should be the way that god does the blessing god we, does the miracle he, he works eight out mir- of ten times god works through people Man, like if somebody told you, "Hey, man, like I I need some food," and you're like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna pray for you, brother." Hopefully, some hopefully that happens. Like, not to why ne- don't you get it? And it, not to ne- not to think not to say that prayer doesn't work, mm-hmm. but yes, please pray. We actually, can't pray. use as a cop out. Yeah, and like sometimes prayer is not necessary. So, like, I, the, what I mean by that is, if someone needs food and you have extra money to buy food. Even if you have food stamps. Or if you have extra food. If you have just some means fr- of getting of them food legally. Some, there's no, there's no reason why you shouldn't share. There's no reason yeah. why you shouldn't get, like, okay, 
I just find that saying I'll pray for you is a cop out. One is like sometimes people say that and they never pray. They don't even actually pray. Yeah. It's just a way to get out of the conversation. Mm-hmm. It's a way to get out of helping someone for real. Because well, God will take care of that. Plus, sorry, I've already done my quota of giving this week. This month. 10%. I gave my ten percent at you church. So it. and that goes towards, you know, the work of the kingdom, the work of God. The money's going towards that. No, the money's going towards the mortgage and the bills and the salaries, <laughs> the salaries. first. And then maybe it might go affect some quote unquote ministry. Yeah, question. This just came to my head right now. Do churches pay tithes? Oh. Like, because when you think about the, wow. the way it was designed, is that the, the Levites were supposed to take the 10% from the nations, and from the nation, and then they were supposed to live off 10. And it's like, they like, got, they live off the 10, and the rest is supposed to be in the storehouse. Mm-hmm. Like, as a church, are, are we giving to the church? And is the church tithing on their part? Or is that just wow. like. Wow, does the church only take 10%? Yeah. Like, and when we say church, we say like the organization, the building, mm-hmm. and then the rest of it should, should go, go back, back to, to the, the people, the people, the community, whoever's in need. That or, is or even like, if, man, could you imagine? That's like I'm gonna talk. To, I'm gonna talk to AV about that. Like, because when you think about it, it's like, is it possible for even if we can't like do ten percent, like say we gotta live out twenty five, mm-hmm. but like this might spark a spirit of giving mm-hmm. because the church is like this is like the, this is where it ends. This is where all the money goes, yep, and it just it stays goes to right us. Here. And you've done your part, and, and we've done our it. part, and God's work has been done. But if if a church worked off of ten percent of its income, because be honest, this is income for churches. Like mm-hmm. they have to report it as income, yep. as revenue. That's true, uh, or not revenue, but they report as income, donations or whatever. But they don't have to. They're not obligated to give it back. I don't know if churches give to charities or things like that. Yeah. But it's like how much of your, how much of the church's income is being given to. Back to the people. How much of the church are they taking the whole hundred percent? Because if that's the case, then they might be robbing God. Ooh. Well, here's my thing. Why? Why are there a need for charities? Why isn't the church the, the charity? charity? Like I don't understand why. Okay, mm. our church donated money to this. Wait, what? Why aren't y'all doing, doing it? it? Yeah. Why aren't you meeting the need? Why isn't your local church meeting the need of your community? Especially like, this, like. Like if we're gonna just in the proximity of your actual church, yeah, I don't understand people in your church's neighborhood should not be in need, especially for church like a million dollar budget. But anyways, oh uh, <laughs> big old budgets and campuses and it's, twenty it's, million dollar. It, it's weird, and I, I I truly believe now that now that that question came in my head, the reason a lot of reason that churches don't have spirit of giving is because the church isn't giving. The reason the spirit or the culture of giving in churches is gone is because the church stopped giving. Wow. My grandfather's church, like, I, I don't, this is when I was a kid, so I don't know the whole story. So if you're from my grandfather's church when I was a kid, you know, forgive <laughs> me for not having the whole story. But I just remember that, like, people would give their tithes and the offering and stuff to the church. But, like, there was always time where we would have, like, this, uh, like, the benevolence time where people would just kind of say what their issues were, what they were going through. Wow. And the church would come together uh, to, to meet the need. So there was this lady, uh, Sister Perkins was uh she's my little sister's godmom and she was like the sweetest old lady ever but she her uh she had moved from somewhere to madeira and was like living by herself and like there were just things that she just couldn't do like she couldn't reach certain things she couldn't like she was like she was really small i think she's like four nine so she was a really short old lady super sweet but like she would tell the church like hey like uh every every week i mail out these letters but like my legs are getting are getting you know, like numb and like hard it's hard for me to walk now so like sometimes I can't put the letters in the mailbox. I just need someone to come and put letters in the mailbox. 
the church came together and like met that need. And then there were times when they would meet like uh, like monetary needs, like having to pay people's bills or whatever. But like we got to see stuff like that happen in the church. Wow. Like the church was giving. This is why I believe at that period of time, the church was doing really well mm. because as the measure that they gave, they also received. Ooh. So it was it was practiced by the church. I mean, it says it in that in chapter three of Malachi, like do this, test me, and yeah. I'm gonna pour out a blessing you don't have room for, like. That part is also said a lot in churches, mm-hmm. and it's like they're they're kind of dangling this carrot out there for the congregation. Like, but that's hey, not even for the that's for that's the, for, for the, the priest. Pri- for the priest. It's, it's, a, it's a warning to the priest. Hey, if you do what you're supposed to do as the head here, as the leader, yeah. with the stuff that's being given, like it's gonna be blessing to you and the whole, whole church, the whole nation, or the whole nation. Right? In that point, yeah. So it's it's more than it's it's not this. Malachi chapter three is not a warning to the congregation. I just want people. To yeah, it's not that. just. I think it's. It's, not, it's really. It's verbally targeted to the priest. To the priest. Therefore, I I take it as it's it's to the leader. Yes. If the leader of the organization, leader of the church, and I think this is like a, I truly believe this is like a principle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not only for the church. Mm-hmm. I think it's literally like people. You can see this with with billionaires. They give a lot of money and they continue to be billionaires. Mm-hmm. Like you don't billionaires are not going broke because they're giving. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No one's going broke because of giving. giving yeah. So like this this uh this this scripture is targeting pastors, leaders of, of churches, saying if you give, God will pour out a blessing that you won't have room to receive. Mm-hmm. Not just for not just for you, but maybe for the whole body that or the and the not whole just flock. For the the building. Hey, if we do this, we're gonna build a build but another building or do nah. You bro. don't need another building. Like we don't need no, not one more church in Fresno. Let's get to let's get to Acts chapter two. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. This is don't get mad at us. Get mad at Paul. <laughs> or no, this is Luke talking as he wrote this. Presumably. No, Luke wrote this. Oh yeah, yeah I'm thinking about Hebrews. No, 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 this is Acts. Yeah. Yeah. So verse forty two in chapter two of Acts. Let's go. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Those are people, Every by the soul, way. By the way. Okay. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were Paul. selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together mm. and breaking bread in their homes. Church, come back to that. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. Generous. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So a couple big points here. Number one, these people were devoted to everything. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Devoted. They were devoted to fellowship. They were devoted to the Lord's Supper, to breaking bread, right? Mm. Um, And then they were devoted to each other, like being a family. Yeah. And Mir- that, just just to, just to stay on the devoted thing is the devotion, like uh, as we were talking about at Bible talk, devotion cannot be once a month. Ooh, like in any standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, like like oh, I have people over my house over once a month. That's not devotion. Mm-hmm. Like if you say you're devoted to soccer, practicing once a month does not, not gonna be very. Good. You're, you're not, not very devoted. You're not devoted at all. Nah. Like if you bra- basketball, any sport that you try to do, if you say that you're devoted to it. Does not mean you're doing it once a month. Yeah. Devotion look should should look way different Dude, than it's being should, some casual. It's 
Yeah, like for us, it's like it should be like a like being devoted should be a regular occurrence in your life. Mm-hmm. That's to me. That's what devotion seems like—a regular occurrence in your life. If you are devoted to apostles' teachings, that means you're reading the Bible every day. Mm-hmm. To me, because mm-hmm. if you're devoted to soccer, it means you're playing or practicing mm-hmm. as any chance you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're devoted to the breaking of bread and prayer and prayer, then you do it every day. Like you're mm-hmm. eating with people on the daily. Like yeah. you're spending time with people. You're giving your time daily. That's what devotion says to me. So uh, that's just something that we that I want us to recognize that in our churches today, devotion now means once a month or once a week, mm-hmm. which is which is not devotion. It's at a all. terrible def- definition of devotion. And we're just giving ten percent of my income once a month, <laughs> right? Um, so they all came together. They all had things in common. They they took their possessions. Mm. Okay. Now in this, it, it talks about how they sold and they took the money, the proceeds, mm-hmm. and they distributed to people as had need. It wasn't, I'm sure, Yeah. it wasn't just the money, though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, if you need another, back then, you need an ox to do your fields, mm-hmm. I got an extra ox. I got yeah. you. You need some sheep. You need some milk. You need some goat milk. You need some, some wool. Yeah. You need some grain. We Whatever had a really good need. harvest. We got, like, people Whatever. were meeting their needs. Now, here's the thing. We need to get this across. Like, we should know each other so intimately that we know the needs. Mm. I can't meet needs that I don't know exist. Yep. Right? Can't. So we got to stop hiding from each other. We've got to stop pretending that we're all perfect and great. Like, church is the last place where you can be broken and vulnerable and, and honest. You have to go there and stunt on everybody. You got to have the nicest car, nicest stuff. Even though your your finances are a joke and they're terrible, you're gonna get your house repossessed, your car repossessed, your marriage is a shambles, shambles. your family sucks. But you have to go and pretend that everything, everything is, is okay. You cannot go to church and actually tell people, "Hey, I have a need," which is it should be the first place we should you go. You should be able to be as open as possible. Yeah. And it's just very stupid to think that you would come into a hospital pretending to be well. Like the church has been seen, or the church is known to be a place for broken people. It is a hospital. Yeah, you don't go people. to the hospital to brag about how how, how healthy, healthy you, you are. are. It doesn't make like, any sense. Oh, That's what we just, do though. It's 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 really done. It, it's it goes back to not having. A, oops, <laughs> this goes back to not having a culture of giving, mm-hmm. because we don't have this culture of giving, then people don't want to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, no one wants to say I'm struggling because they feel as if if they tell someone that they are not doing well, then that means that either they're not blessed, mm-hmm. they're not holy, or they're like out here sinning. And then also it means that they I would have to, you. yeah, they can mm-hmm. be judged by the entire congregation mm-hmm. about what you don't have, which is dumb. Yeah, because they ain't got it either. They, People judge you broken, broken too. Like, everybody has yeah. issues. Everybody falls short of the, glory of, God, of the glory of God. And we need to be able to come into a church and say, fam, like this week was terrible. Like mm-hmm. it was just so terrible. I don't have Lights this. Lights got cut off. Car broke down. down. Like you know, my mom is sick. Like you should be able to say all that, and then be real about it. Be able to say the truth about how you feel. Not not Christianese the Ooh, the way you feel. You know what I'm saying? Or or just being like, oh, but you know the Lord, which is true. But it's like people say, oh, but you know the Lord will come through. The Lord will provide. Yeah, but be honest. How do you feel? Like mm-hmm. your wife is about to leave you. What does that feel like? Mm-hmm. Like you want to pretend like you're like you got it all together, but please don't. And here I understand this. When you say, oh, but the Lord will provide, he should by the people who are hearing that. You should be the way that he provides. Come on, man. Like, stop leaving the miracle to just be on God to do it. Some Like, like you, the story of, of Elijah 
Um, uh, and the lady, you know, her son's about to be sold into slavery. And he's like, what do you have? She's like, oh, I just have a little bit of oil. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, go and collect containers, yeah. vessels from people in the neighborhood, and then pour your oil into those. And miraculously, this is where God steps in. Miraculously, there's enough oil to fill all these jars, yeah. right? And she's able to sell it and pay for her son. Now, fair. we only focus on the fact that the oil was just miraculously flowing. Mm-mm. Hello? People donated the, the containers. containers. Elijah, a person, showed up and helped her. And gave her advice. Like, we need to step up and, like, be the way that God provides for people. We have to understand that there is miracle in the mundane. Thank you. There is miracle in the mundane. So we look at it and we think, oh, man, God worked out a miracle in this. But that miracle would not have taken place had Elijah not spoke, had the woman not even have a good rapport with people mm-hmm. to borrow containers because she could she could be in debt mm-hmm. and like already owe containers and mm-hmm. people like I'm not giving you no more containers mm-hmm. like, you ain't brought about the last one mm-hmm. but like she had to, and then she had to go out there and get them mm-hmm. and bring them back all all the things that she did before the miracle happened are all regular things mm-hmm. there's not nothing miraculous about someone borrowing a container there's mm-hmm. nothing miraculous about a, 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 a pastor a priest or a prophet speaking to a person there's nothing miraculous about bringing these things into your house there was nothing even miraculous about her pouring the oil mm. like when she started the only thing that was miraculous is that it didn't run out mm-hmm. that's the only thing that was miraculous yeah. the rest of it even her <laughs> even her taking the jars after that because she could have been like that's a lot of money like let's see if we can like keep some of this mm-hmm. for ourselves like she was a good steward of what was going Ooh. on like she had it was so much going on in that story that we just don't pay attention to but a lot of it is mundane mm-hmm. it's just regular usual run-of-the-mill day and where she's doing stuff that gets her to her to what she's trying to obtain which is the freedom of her children meeting her need and then it's people stepping up and doing some imagine type of if everybody action. said no people what if, were actually giving not just money imagine if someone would have been like oh you need containers let me pray for you yeah i'll pray for you i'll pray for you hopefully that works hopefully if somebody gets sold in slavery i'm gonna pray for you hopefully that works out <laughs> you know what I'm saying? how much you need for him to get out man that suck hopefully yeah. somebody come through hopefully no. the lord just drop it in your bank account but i'm praying for you i'm praying for you though it's a cop out like come on y'all like and then in in acts in the verse when it says verse 46 and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes oh okay now we don't have a temple anymore yeah okay this was restricted to the jewish people they would go to the temple still okay now we know that we the people are the, the temple, temple. Yeah. right and then in their homes people were inviting people into their homes we have turned our homes into our our like a wall it's like our oasis that it's our, it's our come into it's our private space yeah you gotta stay out of my business okay you can't come in here if if somebody's like hey man we should meet up i haven't talked to you in a while yeah let's meet at starbucks let's meet at a restaurant let's meet at some neutral site instead of hey why don't you come over to the house we'll cook yep. a meal we'll break bread mm-hmm. in my house i'm gonna let you into my world okay which, into which this intimacy this? level of you coming into my actual space i'm gonna let you in which poses which which poses the uh the action of real community real mm-hmm. relationship like inviting someone into your home is not like i don't want people to think like that's the easy thing but because you do it yes. you then know needs of people which then puts you in a real relationship with people which then gives you a heart to give like you won't be able to give if you don't invite people into your house like Man. you will give the very minimal because you don't know people but when you know somebody like if i know 
I know you, and I know that you're like grinding. You're trying to like change your career. Mm-hmm. You're trying to do all this stuff. Like you want to like pursue this thing. If I know your heart, I'm more invested because mm-hmm. I know Jeff. Mm-hmm. I know what he's trying to do. If somebody else is doing the exact same thing, I don't know them. So it's just like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. You have a GoFundMe? That's cute. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, if I know you, bro, I'll probably give you way more in person than I will give you on a GoFundMe. I'm going to not just give you money. I'm going to try to give you whatever Dude. there is that can help you. If I have a connection with somebody that mm-hmm. I know, um, you know, if I have some knowledge, if I have a book I can share with you, if yeah. I have any type of thing, if you need me to like... If you had kids, I would babysit yeah. so you can you go to your interview. Like, there's so much more and that is giving and here's the thing another thing we want to add to this is like you don't just have to tithe money if i was just going to like you said earlier if i'm just going to tithe 10 percent of 10 percent, mm. okay if that's all i'm going to give i recommend giving way more, more than 10 percent because 100 percent of it is not yours if i'm going to give just 10 percent you don't just have to give 10 percent of money, money right if i was going to tithe to my church and I have a hundred dollars, hmm. or let's say I have a thousand dollars. Instead of giving the, a full hundred dollars to the church, saying there's my ten percent of giving, mm-hmm. why don't I give like fifty dollars of money? Yep. But then I give like you know some of my time mm-hmm. or some of my. I, listen, every single believer has gifts. Yeah. Every single believer has a gift. Which are probably okay? not being used. And like we said in the Hebrews verse, like we are, our job when going to gathering, when going to church is to be using our gift to build up the people around us. Mm-hmm. We should be going to serve Earth. those. So if you're going to a church and you can just go there and just consume, sit for an hour and a half or so and then leave and not have to contribute anything, you're not yeah. doing your job. Yeah. And you can't say, but I gave my tithe. I'm good. I gave, I did my giving part. I did my you part the, in the kingdom. The point. You missed the principle nah, of, the, of the text, man. It was never about just doing obligation. Mm-hmm. It's never about that. God's not even about that. God's mm-hmm. not. He doesn't care about you meeting a obligational standard. Like he wasn't he, obligated to give Jesus. Not at all. Jesus wasn't obligated to die. Not at all. Mm-hmm. It was out of love, and mm-hmm. this is where God is trying to get us to understand that giving is a action of love, of yes. true love, not mm-hmm. like superficial. Oh, I love you, brother. You know, brother so and so, sister so and so. No, it's fam. I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Whenever you need me, I'm here for you. And it's like, cool, like, I'm going to give you, I'm matter of fact, like, I don't have, I'm going to take time off my job and miss out on some money mm. to spend time with you. Oof. How many people are doing that? Like, even me, am I doing that? Am mm. I taking time away from, from what brings income into my life so that I may tithe, uh, uh, tithe money, but monetarily, uh, or, or is it is it more is it more important for me to do that? Or is it more important for me to say, you know, I'm going to take some time away from my job mm. so I may spend some time with my brother and sister who is in need? Mm. Like, who just need to talk? I mean, there's people, like, going through divorces, people going through, like, miscarriages. There's people going through so much that sometimes they don't need your money. They just Man. need to talk. They just need time. They just need someone to help them clean up because they can't find the energy to do it. Mm-hmm. There's way more stuff that we can there's give. There's way more ways to give. I, I want to... I want to challenge our local boot group, uh, Army of Victory. Love yeah. it. It's an amazing, it's amazing church. Amazing family. But we can definitely be better with the culture of giving. Like, mm. we should not be able to come here week after week and just come consume and leave. Mm-hmm. Like, you should be doing something. You should be bringing something. You should be giving something. Yeah. If you cannot give money, that's, that's okay. okay. Like, we had an idea last night. Why don't we create a storehouse here? 
uh, for the community. Why don't yeah. we like build an extra shed in the back? It's good. And you just bring, hey man, I got a couple cans of soup. I got, mm-hmm. I brought some diapers. I brought some formula. I brought some, uh, some old shoes. I had some old clothes I wasn't wearing. A jacket I wasn't wearing. I had some gloves, mm-hmm. uh, bandages, blankets, sleeping bags, sleeping um, bags. I have. I just brought some stuff. We're just gonna leave it in the shed. And if anybody, anybody, mm-hmm. neighborhood, local, anybody we know has a need, hey. I know a place you can go and get this, and we're just gonna give it to you. Yep. Right. So if I'm a if I'm a if I'm a member, not a member. If I go to if I attend this gathering, if I'm a family member of this of this gathering, Mm -hmm. and I can't give money, I don't have a great job right now, but I can. I have a couple extra cans of beans or something. Do that. Yeah. If you have a gift of administrating, if you have a gift of encouraging, if you have a gift of leading, preaching, teaching, praying. Whatever your gift is, mm-hmm. you should be using, using it for the people around you. So true. And we we should if we could get this, if we could just get this. I think we can. Okay. Though. Here's what we talk about evangelism. <laughs> Jeff is so excited. I'm yeah. really excited, <laughs> y'all. I'm trying to stay calm. Patient gonna get on me for being too excited. But we talk about evangelism, right? Mm-hmm. We every church, every church wants to grow their numbers. Ah, uh, come right? on. We want to bring more people in. Okay. We we claim, hopefully we mean that we want to save souls, even though we cannot save anybody. Mm-hmm. Only God does that. All we can do is be available and obedient and and you know be there when they when the time comes. But to listen disciple them, yeah. Yes, to disciple. We our number one thing we should do is disciple. We can talk about that another episode. But <laughs> listen, okay, if we want to bring people in, what is the most proven, effective, biblical thing we can do? It is love one another. Dude. Th- by this, they will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, how will they know that you sent me if they are perfectly one? John 17, verse 21 through to 27. Mm. Okay. If if these, if my disciples, if they love one another, yep. if they are perfectly one with each other, they're united, that's going to convince the people that I am Jesus, that Jesus is the son of God. Uh, how do we convince people that they're perishing by loving them? Yeah. That's going to convince <laughs> the world. You know what? I need to be saved. Yep. It's not a, a great program or a youth program or a concert or a band or a coffee shop or comfy seats or air conditioning or, or, or great parking. It is love. If we love each other, we meet mm-hmm. each other's needs. If we go out into the world yeah, and yeah. we are radically loving, loving of people, yeah. we meet their needs. We get to know them and know their needs and then try to meet them free of charge. Whew. Okay. That's yeah. going to get more people in into the, the church. church. Yeah. Being is, loving, meeting people's needs. Then this is what's crazy because like in Acts, it's reiterated. So when John says that and then Acts, Acts 2, what we read earlier, it just says, and all who believed were together mm. and had all things in common this is what they saw this is mm-hmm. what the people outside saw so that they were they believed uh they had all things in common they sold things they gave everything they loved unconditionally they loved to a point where they gave things so that everybody was on the same mm-hmm. what's the, the last verse say the last verse says and the lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved now who added to it the lord are you sure it wasn't the the youth program? It wasn't the pastor's message. It wasn't the the pirate the, the tech the technical the the light show. Let the me performance. go ahead. Let me, let me magnify this. You know, let me make sure it doesn't say. You sure it wasn't all the different amenities that the church was no. offering the campus Mm-mm. that they built it, the new building? You, you know, sure it wasn't that? It, I'm pretty. It just says that it that the Lord added their mm. number. The Lord added number. But the crazy thing was day by day. 
Wow. Day by day, not through program, mm. not through, not even through preaching. This is what's crazy. Preaching not didn't, the, mm-hmm. it, not through money, not through how fancy things were. The thing that brought people day by day into, into the church by the drawing in of the Lord was the fact that all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were devoted to all these different things. They loved this radical love that we're supposed to be doing is going to draw people in. And then our number one goal, our number one job mm-hmm. that Jesus gave us, which we love the quote, but we never do it. Matthew 28, 19. Ah. Go, therefore, and make Disciples. disciples it doesn't say go therefore and bring people into your church and have a big numbers and <laughs> congregation it doesn't say go therefore and build a huge campus it says go and make disciples be teaching people what i like what I we're supposed to go and be in people's long lives long term yep even if they're not in your life long term yes. your commitment as a i'm believer, committed to you i'm gonna get to know you we're going to be in each other's lives. We're mm-hmm. going to go to each other's houses. We're going to break bread. We're going to yep. fellowship. And I'm going to teach you. I'm going to walk with you. We're going to actually know each other and yeah. be a family. I'm going to meet your needs when they arise. Uh, yep. That's going to, that's what we're, we're doing our and job. It, and it's going to take, it takes time to build relationships like that. But it starts with intentionality. Mm. It's just being intentional to say, yeah. I'm going to give my time to you. I'm going to open my life to you i'm gonna give you access to my life mm-hmm. i'm gonna give you way more than 10 percent. wait come on i'm gonna give you way come more on than 10%. i'm gonna give way more because i even think about i think about braulio and like how like we're not like super duper close we're not like the closest of people but i promise you my dude hit me up right now and was like hey fam like my car ran out of gas i'm down the street first of all both of us are go. going we going to get you like regardless we're gonna go get you and get gas and then they'll send you on your way or see you tonight whatever the case may be but I think about this. I'm like, okay, Braulio is a person that I probably should spend more time with. One, because he may be getting married soon. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's something I want to be there for. But also, I know he's a man. Mm-hmm. I want to disciple him. Here's a crazy thing. Last night, he was at, he came to Bible Talk, which was which dope. Which amazing. It was his first time coming. I felt, I feel permanently much more closer to him, to him now after a few hours last night just a few, few hours, hours of being in each other's lives and mm. space and learning and talking and like fellowshipping i now feel a connection to that dude i if he had a need like you said i feel like i have to the, meet it yep right because i and actually it, but you let meet him it joyfully my, though yeah i'm excited because I'm, I'm, I'm happy to help you i i feel i love that dude because i've built even a small connection with yep. him and people think that if i get too close I'm going to have to do something for these people, and it's going to be a burden or a hindrance to me. Mm. But that's just not true. It's just not the case. If you do, if you let people into your life, there, okay, let me say, there will be work to be done. Mm-hmm. The, don't get it towards the night. without works is dead, dead though. Th- that when that work comes, you'll be able to meet a need for a person, and that person may never, like, say thank you or anything like that. But, like, what you've done, what the Lord will give to you in that moment is way better than what that person could say in a thank you, in a card, mm-hmm. or even in repaying you. The mm-hmm. whole thing that God is trying to under, get you get us to understand is that giving goes beyond, like just the the just, just like money, or just it goes mm-hmm. beyond just time. It goes beyond like what God can do. He says He'll pour out a blessing that you won't have room to receive. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean He's going to give you a million dollars. It just means that you're going to have an abundance of whatever he gives you. Mm-hmm. And whatever he gives you is better than anything you can ever get from anywhere mm-hmm. else. And then you can take that and 
bless people with it. Come on. Mm-hmm. Man. Cha. This is great. Whew. Fantastic episode. <sighs> Once again. Yes, we love you guys. Thank you to anybody who has listened Man. even in 2019 supported us we appreciate our, everything we just we really appreciate y'all your support and your time taking time out of your day to actually listen to us man you're 10 percent. we really <laughs> <laughs> we love it man Which we appreciate reasonable guys, service man. yes uh, uh we love y'all man go uh check us out on instagram preacher underscore hour um on instagram uh leave a comment let us know what you think about the podcast. Let us know what you think about the equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's working for you, if it sounds better, let us know because we uh, we're continuing to make yes. the podcast uh, excellent. Yes, our goal, goal is to man. make it excellent in twenty twenty. Yeah, so. man. So we love you guys, culture and society from a young preacher's perspective. This is us. See you next time. Peace. Just another brother off the bow. Off the bow. Yeah. You ain't for the family. Guess it shows. Guess it shows. Yeah. All these friends are low key like my foes. Like my foes yeah. No, I don't wanna talk, I want the smoke. Hey, hey, just another brother off the boat. You ain't for the family, guess it shows. Yeah. All these friends are low key like my foes. Like my foes yeah. No, I don't wanna talk, I want the smoke.